I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. We start in the NBA in what some have called the game of the year so far last night in Oakland, where the Houston Rockets beat the Golden State Warriors 135-134 in overtime, which makes it three straight losses at home for the defending champs. RJ, what is the Vegas perspective on what we saw last night? You know, Jonas, your intro makes me think of this. This is the game that people are going to talk about for years to come. (laughs) Well, actually, maybe for the next couple of hours, perhaps. But it was a big NBA game. And boy, does it shine a spotlight. Yesterday's results shines a spotlight on an amazing reality when it comes to Golden State. Here's what it is. Entering this season, before the first game was played, Golden State was about a minus 200 favorite to win the title. That means you had to bet $2 to win $1 if Golden State did the best they could do, which was win the title. Now, Michael Jordan, many believe, I believe, the greatest player of all time, never entered a season better than even money. So Michael Jordan's best year at least expectation-wise, coming into the season, if you bet $100, you would win $100 if the Bulls won. They were about even money. Golden State entered the season, you had to bet $2 to win a dollar. So a gigantically bigger favorite. On one hand, Michael was about 50-50 was the implication to win the title. Here it's 67%. If you do the simple math, the Golden State was going to win the title. 
That is a gigantic difference. In the interim, since the season started, Golden State has gone 25-14 and 14, straight up in the standings. 25 winners, 14 losers in the standings. Brad, when it comes to the against the spread record, which was going against those sky-high, sky-high expectations, how's Golden State done? Tied for second worst in the NBA. Only the Wizards have a worse against the spread record than the Warriors right now. So on one hand, sky-high expectations and the second worst against the spread, against the Vegas number record for Golden State. Second worst. And then if you just look at the straight up, hey, look at the newspaper, 25-14 and does not seem like an all-time team. So you would think, wow, wow. There must be such a reevaluation on Golden State. Well, entering last night's game, Golden State was still minus 200. So think about this. Michael Jordan was never minus 200 pre-All-Star break. In fact, no team in NBA history other than versions of this same Golden State team in prior years, no other team has ever been minus 200 pre-All-Star break. So even though second worst against the spread, the Warriors, even though only a 25-14 and record, not an all-time great team by any stretch. Remember, the same Golden State team, an incarnation of them, lost less than 14 games an entire season of the regular season not that long ago. But still, Golden State entered this game minus 200. All-time favor. Now, to me, it doesn't make a ton of sense. But yesterday, entering that game, Steve Fezzik, we felt like this was kind of a show-me-something game. As in, Golden State, we expected a max performance. So why did you, why did the Vegas handicappers expect a max performance from Golden State? Because Golden State was playing their number one rival in the West, Houston, who Golden State had lost to by 21 points earlier in the year in their one meeting. So they get embarrassed. And remember, Houston at the time, in that first meeting, had revenge for the playoffs last year. So they made, the, and Houston had started very slowly. So Houston made their statement, and now it was Golden State at home. No one hurt, right? Full strength, Golden State. Agreed? Agreed. And Houston wasn't even at full strength. Yeah, Chris Paul was out, and their backup guard, Eric Gordon, was out. Wow. So you got one of the key guys out. You're on the road if you're Houston. Golden State with revenge. Golden State fully healthy. And the line was nine in some spots yesterday. Yeah, Golden State laying eight and a half to nine, and they get up by 19, RJ. It should be over. Wow. So now not only, now you're up 19 saying, look, this is our statement. And lo and behold, Golden State could not finish the job. So to me, we can make excuses all we want. Oh, don't worry about you know this team. We saw some of this last year. You know, the regular season's just a slog, and then at a certain point, they're going to decide to turn it on, and when they decide, look out below, Katie, bar the door. Okay, I get it, maybe. But that's been said about every championship-level team that ever fell flat the next year. You never really believe they've fallen flat until it gets to be the playoffs, until it gets to be the point of, like, holy cow, I guess there is no more chance. There is no tomorrow. They're not going to finally turn it on. 
But if there's been any game this year that you thought you would have saw a playoff version of Golden State, it was this one. And, boy, the fact Houston won this game on the road, considering the spot, I think is the biggest indictment of Golden State's 2018-19 team that we've seen yet. Fez, how much are you reevaluating how good Golden State is? Significant reevaluation. I've lowered the power rating on Golden State by two points since the start of the year. All right, so two points from the start. So in a game like, uh, just as let's say they would be 10-point favorites against a team at home the start of the year, now they would only be an eight-point favorite. Correct. And uh, frankly, I'm concerned that's not enough, RJ. Their point-per-game differential. So if you're concerned it's not enough, why not do it more? I hate to make just a radical adjustment based on one game. So you're not concerned you're not enough. You're saying someone could say it's not enough. Enough, but then when you consider all the factors, you think it's just exactly enough. I do. <laughs> That's an interesting little circle there. But but point per game differential, RJ, only plus 4.5 for Golden State. They're eighth in the league right now in point per game dif- differential. That is not an all-time great team. But if you want to bet Golden State to win the title this morning, right now even, minus 200. So after all of that, after this statement game and the statement being, well, we fell flat. That's our statement from Golden State. Still, Golden State is exactly the minus 200 they were to start the year to win the title. And once again, this team, this non-great team, is the biggest favor there's ever been at this point of the year other than other versions of this same Golden State team in recent years. Wow. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you a minute to down that two-liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app. Then, pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code CRSHOW, CRSHOW. New customers could play 5 bucks, get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code CRSHOW, CRSHOW, only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in Pick 6 credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only, expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick Six.draftkings.com slash promos. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. On Saturday night, the Dallas Cowboys are currently a two-point favorite hosting the Seahawks on Fox. And action! to get some Saturday night action in. Well, this is a big one, Fez. We're going to do what I call a behind the velvet rope handicap. And what does that mean? It means if you listen to radio shows, if you even listen to Straight Out of Vegas, very authentic, Straight Out of Vegas, you're getting, you know, two, three minutes on this game and then the next game, then the next game. You know, when I'm on with Colin Cowherd right here on Fox Sports Radio, we can't spend five, six, seven minutes on a game. Colin likes sports betting, but it's not his focus here. This is such a big game. I always like to kind of go behind the velvet rope on these really big games and think about the way that a professional batter thinks about the game. So Dallas at home, favored by less than a field goal, and home field advantage is three in the NFL typically. Dallas, I think, is three, especially considering, though in years past they haven't been great at home, Dallas has been really good at home this year. So do you agree three points if Seattle and Dallas were even? Agree. So now it's like, well, wait a minute. Seattle and Dallas isn't even, at least according to the betting market, because the line's below three. That means Seattle's somehow better. So make the case, what are the factors that could legitimately make the case that Seattle was a better team than Dallas? I think if you look at the results for both teams, Seattle looks on paper to be better. Why? They're both 10 and 6, right? Right. So if you look at Seattle's, a lot of the results, they look impressive. Hey, they beat Green Bay. They beat Minnesota. They beat Dallas when these teams played early in the year. Mm-hmm. That's but, a good point. But Because let's talk about that. Because the public, that is something the public can totally relate to. Hey, these two teams, 
You know, I remember we've had times where Brad puts out his college football Vegas rankings, and it'll be a team that like like a team will just have uh, beat another team, but the other team is still ahead of them, and they're like. How in the heck can that team that just lost be ahead of the team that just beat them? So we think about like the NBA playoffs. There's teams that get beat all the time that end up winning the series. But in football, because there's so few games, the public just obsesses over every result. And to me, that's probably the biggest mistake the public makes. Here they're going to say, hey, they played earlier. Hey, Seattle won. And won by double digits. All right. So, and if you look at Dallas's wins, couldn't you say two wins against the defending champion Philadelphia – you could also make the case the most dominating performance of the year, perhaps, against the Saints. I mean, what would, could the case be made? The Cowboys win against the Saints. Cowboys were home. That game was one, one of, if not the most impressive game in the NFL season. Absolutely. Nothing fluky about that win at all. They outplayed the Saints, the best team in the NFL. So I don't get how, even if you just look at the scoreboard, I don't get how that would necessarily be, oh, Seattle's better. I mean, if you just look at the wins and losses, don't they seem kind of even? They do look close to even. I do think that Seattle's getting a little favorable rounding from the public here because of so the— So favorable rounding, what does that mean? The public's looking at some of these final scores like Seattle 21, Minnesota 7. Hey, they beat the Vikings by 14 points. But if you actually watch that game, that was a very, very close game throughout the entire game. R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas breaking down the Saturday night action, Dallas and Seattle— I agree with you. I think that Minnesota game was deceiving. It was what six. Not uh, you always got the way you explained that 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 Minnesota was in the control of that game. Well, Seattle was up six nothing, and Minnesota had two trips into deep into Seattle territory and got zero points out of it. At what point in the game was that? In the fourth quarter, middle yeah. of the fourth quarter. So if they get a kick a uh, get one touchdown, one field goal, they might win. Minnesota might have won that game. Yes. Instead, they get stuffed on the goal line and they get a field goal blocked, and then. To me, the real game that was uh, potentially deceiving was when Green Bay came in on Thursday night on the road, short week, and Green Bay had just had two tough games. I think it was against the Patriots and Minnesota. I'm just going by memory. And a short week, and still Seattle won just by three and, and Green Bay led most of that game. Exactly. If you look at the win probability, Green Bay is like right around like 75% virtually the entire game, yet somehow Seattle pulls it out. So on one hand, what we could say is this. Seattle maybe just their scores look better, but every one of Seattle's impressive wins, I'm not saying most, I'm saying every one of Seattle's impressive wins was at home. And most of those impressive wins – were deceiving in that they didn't quite win as easily or as convincingly as it seemed. Seattle. Now, if we flip to Seattle on the road, wowza. Here's the three. They had three road wins this year, if you don't count London. In London, they won against the Raiders. So, okay, congratulations. It was Arizona. Seattle beat Arizona on the road. Seattle beat Detroit on the road. And Seattle beat Carolina on the road. Oh, that sounds right, Cam. Except Carolina was in the middle of a seven-game losing streak. So if your most impressive road win is against a team that was in the middle of a seven-game losing streak, you probably don't have an impressive road win. 
Do you agree with that, Fed? Agree. And also, if you went back and watched that Carolina-Seattle game, Carolina outplayed Seattle virtually the entire game. Yeah, but let's get a good point. You're saying even that score was deceiving. So to me, Seattle is just plain overrated. That on the road, especially. Why? The home wins, which don't really apply as much on the road, especially when you have such a great home field like Seattle has. Maybe the best in the NFL. Best home field Seattle, I think is fair to say. And then those games are somewhat deceiving, even the home games. And the road wins you've got are against nobodies, like literally not even an average team. If Seattle somehow beats Dallas, it will be by far the most impressive road win, and it won't even be close. But I think I understand why the line is wrong. I like Dallas in this game. I like them. I'm batting them. And here's why. I think everyone's just remembering the Legion of Boom. Entering the year, there was this sense of, oh, well, Legion of Boom is dead. Their time has passed. Okay. But once they started winning, it was like, look, we got Pete Carroll. I've heard this more from the mainstream guys this week. Who would you rather bet on, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson or Dak and the Clapper? And it's like, okay, I get that. But you, but if that were the case, you would have thought Seattle was a playoff team entering the year because they had Russell Wilson and they had Pete Carroll then. So I don't think you can just kind of go back in time and think this is the old Seattle team. This is a Seattle team that got lucky in a few games. Give them credit. It was a good season. But the idea that they're better than Dallas, I don't see it. So, Fez, here's my question. We know why the line is wrong because it's that – lingering residual love for that great Seattle teams of the past. Are you betting Dallas? And if not, why not? I was going to bet Dallas. And the reason I did not bet Dallas, RJ, is because Dak Prescott, for whatever reason, small sample size, the team that he has the worst QBR against in the league is Seattle. He's played Seattle twice the last two years. His QBR- So twice the last two years, as in four times or no, two just- times in two years? He's played two games, one okay. time each year, and he has a QBR of 14 and 44 in those two games against Now, QBR Seattle. is 1 to 100, so that means below average both times, and the 14 is horrendous. Yes. i got to be honest with you, Fez. You bring up a great point there because Seattle has a very specific style of defense. And when you have a limited quarterback like Dak, he might be a great game manager, but he is a limited quarterback. Certain defenses can cause those limited guys trouble, your point is the Pete Carroll defense, that Seattle defensive scheme, we've got two games telling us Dak really struggles. Both of those games are without wide receiver Cooper. Yeah, but again, I, I think he can feel like, like, oh, he's the savior. Last thought, you know, you almost got me off of Dallas because, boy, that's a good point. Last thought, maybe the under then because Dallas has a great rushing defense. What do you think? So if if Dallas is going to struggle on offense because Dak doesn't match up well against the Seattle D and Dallas has a good rushing D, what do you think of the under? I like that handicap because all Seattle does, frankly, is run the ball and Dallas should be able to stop it. Well, Seattle runs the ball and then they occasionally say Russell Wilson do something amazing. And the fact that he does is why Seattle's in the playoffs. So to close, I really came in strong on Dallas. I'm going to reevaluate. I still lean Dallas at minimum. I think it's really hard, really hard to bet Seattle in this spot. Next up here on Straight Out of Vegas, we take a look at a Week 16 rematch between the Chargers and the Ravens in Baltimore, where the Ravens right now are a three-point favorite. 
Fez, I, this is one of those, if you can answer the question, you know who you're picking. And it's worth saying this as an aside. If you're betting for fun, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, try to be smart. Why not? Hey, if you're going to bet anyway, why not win, right? But if you're betting to win as an investment, the line has to be wrong for it to be a good bet. So if you have four NFL games, the line is not going to be wrong in four games. It's not going to be wrong in three. It probably isn't going to be wrong in two. So, Fez, a typical professional batter, four playoff games, he's playing one side or zero sides. And, and, and a pro better that's playing two would be a rarity. Would you agree? I agree. Now, if you're betting pizza money, have fun. Right? If you're trying to bet like a pro, be careful. To me, this is a game I think you answer one question. Do, do the Chargers improve drastically against Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson has already played the Chargers? Meaning you've got a quirky offense, almost like an option offense in college football. Teams, much better teams, like Oklahoma, Brad, yep. played Army this year. <laughs> they weren't used to the option, and it went to overtime. It did. Very fortunate to win as a 30-point favorite. So I think a lot of what Lamar Jackson has done, let's give credit to Harbaugh. Let's give credit to the scheme. Let's give credit to the fact, quite frankly, they played some really bad rushing defenses. The Ravens opposed those bad rushing defenses. But the Chargers got beat, too, at home against his team. I believe getting ready for that a second time is such a big advantage for the Chargers. Like, this is all very familiar to us. And now you got to do something different, Harbaugh, because we're, we've got figured out what you did the first time. I think it's the biggest factor in the game. I agree. That is my handicap. Let's face it, RJ. Baltimore runs the ball 64% of the time. No one else in the NFL runs it more than 50% of the time. Why don't they run the ball two-thirds of the time? Because it's not the typical NFL team. Typical NFL team. Why do they pass more than they run? Because passing typically is more successful. But this quirky offense that Baltimore has is very difficult to prepare for. The fact that the Chargers, two of the last three weeks, have been able to prepare for it, I expect a much, much better performance. So how much do you like this game? I like it a lot. It is my best bet. I am on the Chargers plus the three. Okay, so you're saying of all the four NFL games, this is your biggest bet. Steve Fazek, two-time Super Contest champion. You bet the Chargers, but you better get the three. The plus three is very important. Absolutely. Most key number. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.